Welcome to the Letters to the Beloved podcast. I'm Jake Spencer, the pastor of Grace Chapel, Knoxville, and we are thrilled that you are joining us today. You are listening to the audio from a video series that myself and other members of our church family record each week as we walk through God's Word together. Our hope is that the living Word of God would come alive in your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at gracechapelknoxville.net. May you be blessed and encouraged today. And now, beloved, welcome to the conversation. Hey, friends. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. I'm missing being with you all this morning, gathering in person and worshiping together. Um, But I'm believing everybody's having a really nice time relaxing, enjoying family, and finding other ways today to worship Jesus and celebrate Him. And so I wanted to come to you for just a couple minutes and, yes, talk about the book of Revelation. We read the first half of the book in our Bible reading this week, and we've got the second half of the book ahead of us as we finish out the year. And I just want to talk to you a little bit. We'll read a few verses, but I want to talk to you on a a broader level about how to read through this book and let what John is trying to communicate to us as the writer, but even more importantly, what Jesus is trying to say to us through John to really really touch us, um, that we could hear and receive the message of this book. In the midst of all the, the details and the complicated imagery, it's easy to feel a little lost and overwhelmed. Um, And I believe that we can have deeper and deeper understanding of the book as we study it and dig into it. There's a lot that we can glean the more we understand the Old Testament. And so, you know, it's, it's a rich and rewarding book the more you read it and the more you study it. But I will just say that at the end of the day, this was a book written that was meant to simply encourage the body of Christ to encourage them in the midst of a chaotic and confusing world, a somewhat chaotic and confusing book actually makes sense. Because the real message is, in all the ups and downs of this life, in the larger cosmic struggle that's going on, in the power struggles of this world even, various kingdoms, nations, rulers, vying for power and authority in the midst of all this chaos, here we are as individual people walking through life and God wants us to know that he sees us, he loves us, and it's all gonna work out, all right? That is really the message of the book of Revelation. So let me walk you through a couple things to consider here. As you not only approach this book, but as you approach seeing Jesus for who he is, all right? So first of all, some context. John himself gives us a sense of the context, the situation he is in as he writes this book. And so in Revelation chapter one, verse nine, he says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. So first of all, he says, listen, my life is like your life. There are aspects of our life that are, that are just struggle. They're tribulation. Things are hard. But we are also people who belong to God's kingdom. And so in the midst of the trouble and the tribulation in this life, 
we are children of the King. And what that means is we are patiently enduring during the course of this life. Our job is to hold on and endure and trust God that the ruler of my life today is also the ruler of the whole world and he holds eternity in his hands. So here we are, brothers and sisters with John through the struggles and trials of this life. And then John says specifically, here's the circumstance I'm in. I was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now that might seem like a small thing, like, oh, he's on an island. But what he's actually saying is, I'm imprisoned. I'm isolated. I've been removed from the people of God, and it's a direct result of my faithfulness to the Word of God and speaking the truth about Jesus. Friends, if we don't understand the context of Revelation, the rest of it, it's it's hard to make sense of. But I want you to hear this because I believe that there are times in our life where we can absolutely relate to where John is. John is isolated and he's hurting. He's removed from the body of Christ. He's removed from those he loves. And he has watched many of his faithful brothers and sisters in Christ be imprisoned and even executed for their faith. See, John is nearing the end of his life now and there are many that have already died for their faith in Christ. And so here he is alone on this island trying to endure in the midst of struggle and isolation. And it is in that context that he receives this glorious vision of Jesus. Look at his next words. So yes, I'm alone on this island, I'm struggling, but I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He had set time aside on the Sabbath, on the Lord's day to worship and be in the presence of God. So he wasn't truly alone. And as he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, he says, I heard a voice behind me like a, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. And so here he is in isolation and suddenly in his isolation, he gets a visitation. And Jesus himself shows up and speaks with a loud voice. And so friends, if the first thing we need to remember about the book of Revelation is that it happens in the context of John being isolated and struggling. The second thing we need to recognize about the book of Revelation is that it's filled with imagery of our Savior, Jesus. And that's exactly what John experiences next. Now, before I read this, I want to give you a a really cool way to look at the book of Revelation. Now, this isn't my own idea. I was privileged to hear Dr. Mark Rutland speak on the book of Revelation years ago, and I've returned to that sermon often. And he talks about the book of Revelation. He says, imagine that John is your tour guide in a museum. And there's this museum with all these different rooms, and this museum has been specially curated to give you a a very real sense of something. And it's not about just the individual pieces in the room, the art in the room, the sculptures in the room. Those matter, but it's it's the overall story that they're telling. It's the overall environment it's creating. And so it's as if John, he's not so much taking us through a linear story in the book of Revelation, but he's sort of moving from room to room and saying, 
look at this, check this out, look at that over there. And he's inviting us to get caught up in the feel, in the presence of what God is trying to communicate. And so friends, I wanna encourage you as you read this book, almost let yourself get lost in the imagery and just sort of take in the overall message and impression it's leaving. And much of this book is declaring the glory of Jesus in the midst of a broken, fallen world. And so here we go. Here's John and he hears this voice. And now in chapter one, verse 12, he says, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven gold lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool or like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. You hear, what, you hear what John's seeing? It's this powerful, glorious image of Jesus. He uses all these incredible descriptive words to, to give us a picture of the glory of God. And here's Jesus visiting John in his isolation, in his struggle and saying, here I am, I'm the king and you don't need to be afraid. I'm not just alive, I've defeated death. You have no more fear in this life of death and you have no more fear in the next life of hell and the grave because I've defeated it all. I hold the keys, I'm the King of Kings. And so friends, here's the third thing I hope that you see in the book of Revelation. It's not just God speaking to us and seeing us in times of isolation and struggle. It's not just all this different imagery that we try to glean from. Friends, the third thing we need to see in the book of Revelation is a personal message from a God who loves us. Just as John is receiving personal encouragement through this visitation from Jesus, it is clear that the vision he was given was meant to be shared. It was meant to be shared to the church. And so friends, I wanna encourage you as you read through this book and as you move through your life, watch for the revelation of Jesus in your life. Watch for him appearing. Watch for him unveiling to you who he is. Maybe not the whole story of what's going on, but glimpses of hope in the midst of struggle. Friends, what I wanna encourage you to do is receive a personal message from Jesus. Don't get overwhelmed by what you don't understand in this book. Ask God to speak to you through what you do understand. And my hope 
is what John's hope is, that we would receive encouragement as we read this letter. Listen to what he said to the church as he wrote this letter now. This is uh, verses 4 through 7. We're going to read to close. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And he's made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Friends, I pray that you would be encouraged in your life as you read the words of this old saint, John, as he carries forward a message revealing the glory of God, revealing the person of Jesus who has promised that victory is assured for us. I pray that you would find encouragement and strength, whatever this season looks like for you. You know, as we're wrapping up the year, we see the new year on the horizon. You know, in a lot of ways, it's a nice checkpoint, you know, to see the end of an old year and move into a new one. But friends, the truth is, December 31st, January 1st, they're not gonna look a lot different from each other. But if we can catch a vision of Jesus, see him as our risen king, then no matter our circumstances, no matter the struggle or isolation we might be experiencing, our king is here. He's with us and he's giving us strength to endure. I love you, friends. Look forward to worshiping with you in the new year. I pray you close the year out well and enjoy some time in the book of Revelation as God himself wants to encourage you with a personal letter. I love you and I'll talk to you soon.